hey guys. So I'm super pumped to get to share with you guys as part of this I've Got Something to Say series. We're on week three, and so check it. If you missed week one and two, you can go back and we have like a live stream that's on YouTube on the Catherine Boots channel. We also have a podcast if you don't want to like watch it because let me tell you the video quality is like the high quality video streaming from my phone right there. So you can just listen on podcasts too, which is like everywhere that podcasts are, iTunes, Spotify, um, SoundCloud, whatever you like to listen on, it's there. So you're welcome to go back and listen to it. Um, but so tonight, I want to talk to you guys about fixing our eyes on Jesus. And so I want to ask you, have you ever been like really focused on something? Like just something in your life, you were going for it, this is, this is a hot mic, yeah. And you were really, really focused on it. Because I, I, I gotta tell you a story. No one's jumping to the word, but I like stories. Our family likes stories. It's how we roll. There was this day that I was really, really focused on one of these. It's exactly like this, a double chocolate chip muffin from Kroger. I don't know why, but these are like, these are like heaven, guys. And so back before we lived in Memphis, Matt and I lived in Knoxville, and um, muffin's gonna sit there. Something bad's gonna happen when it falls or rolls and it's definite, like laugh, because it would be funny. Um, so we were living in Knoxville. It was kind of right before we started feeling God prompt us to move to Memphis. And Matt was out of town. He was support raising so that we could, like, raise our missionary budget so that we could be able to do what we do on campus. Okay, during that time, my best friend from high school ended up coming to live with us because she got a job in Knoxville. And her husband was working on moving up, so they hadn't sold their house there yet. And so he was in Atlanta, she was in Knoxville, I was in Knoxville. We're in one house, okay? No dads are around. We got five kids in the house and, and two ladies. And we woke up on this particular day. I don't know if y'all have ever just had a bad day. Bad, bad day. But we had a bad day. So we woke up in the morning. It's time to take the oldest two to school because they were in kindergarten together. And we walk out the door and her minivan has been towed. Like it's gone. And of course, the first we didn't realize it was towed, but we're like, the minivan is gone. Like, what on earth? So we get the kids to school, and we end up calling inbound, finding out where it is, and they're like, you can't get it yet. So like, I'm driving her around. We're both late to do our respective jobs. Luckily, campus ministry is a little bit more flexible, but her job was not flexible. Um, so we get that figured out, and we get the money figured out because you gotta pay to get your car back, you know, when it gets towed, which totally stinks and is way too much money. So our day's not going good. We get like all the younger ones to daycare. We're like, we're like, okay, it's been a stressful day, but at the end of this day, we're gonna sit down together and we know that in the kitchen we have one chocolate muffin. And we're going to sit down, and we're going to cut that sucker in half, and we're going to eat it, and we're going to laugh together, and it's all going to be okay. At the end of the day, we're going to share the chocolate muffin, we're going to talk, it's going to be good. Okay, so we like fixate on this chocolate muffin. And then we go through the day, and we're texting each other back and forth, and you guys, everything that could go wrong went wrong. 
like campus ministry, everyone online is just like drama and the world's ending. And like, I love you guys. And that's totally fine. We're here to pray with you and to listen when you go through stuff. But sometimes every once in a while, everybody goes through stuff on the same exact day. Whew, it's a long day. Okay? Sometimes in there, I'm like, things aren't going so well on campus. You know? Like, I'm having a rough day. Pray for me. And she's a social worker, and she's like, man, things are not going well in my office at all. And so we're texting all day, and we're like, but the muffin. Okay? All day long, but the muffin. So we make it through this horrible day. Of course... Dinner doesn't turn out. We end up like picking up some food, I think, I, if I remember correctly, because we're like, we don't have time to cook. The day has gone off the rails, so we pick up food. It's not great. It's probably like cold McDonald's, which I don't know about you guys. Cold McDonald's is just not it, right? And um, like, so the kids are fed. They're cranky, of course, because like this particular day, they can't be little angels. Like this has to be the day they're cranky, right? So we get the kids in bed. We're sitting in our living room, and we're, like, decompressing. We're, like, talking it out. We're, like, what happened in your day? And I share. And I'm, like, what happened in your day? She shares. We're, like, it's okay. All right. Because you know what it's time for. Do you know what it's time for? We're going to walk in the kitchen, which, like, around this little wall. And we're going to eat our muffin. And, like, we're going to enjoy that delicious, soothing chocolate, and it's all going to be all right. And so we walk around the corner into the kitchen, and who is sitting in a chair but her youngest son at the time, and he is just straight up. <laughs> so I'm going to talk with my mouth full because I don't have manners. Um, he is chowing down. I wanted to tell you that I was gracious and loving and kind. And I was like, it's okay, buddy. Maybe you had a day, too. You're eating our muffin. It's all good. But no. I see him and I go, Eli! And he screams. And he goes, ah! And then he goes, oh. And now I know he can eat the muffin. Right. I ate it really good. Right? So, that's a story of fixating on something. Right? Maybe not the right thing. But chocolate sometimes is something. If you're a lady, or, or maybe a guy, that gets you through the day. This is sort of fixating on something, hyper-focused on it. It was like, going to help me get through the day. Um, we're going to talk about something way more important to focus on tonight, right? So it's become probably obvious, I love chocolate. So there's a few other things I love in um, we're going to talk about those tonight as well, not just chocolate muffins, because that would be an entertaining story, but have nothing to do with the Word of God, so we'll move on. But it's become obvious I love chocolate. Another thing about me, I love, 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 love the Bible. I didn't grow up loving the Bible. I didn't grow up in a house where we were even like Christians. But when I came to Christ at age 15, I started to read the Word of God, and I fell in love with it. Like, it's absolutely interesting to me, absolutely passionate about it, love reading it, love studying it, love talking about it. So, it's really fun for me to get to teach from the Word of God tonight, um, because, like, it's one of my passions. Another thing about me, because we didn't care about, like, all the passions tonight, I love to run. I really love to run. Um, if you've known me any amount of time, if we're friends, 
You've probably noticed that I love to run. I talk about running. I dress most of the time in running clothes, but tonight y'all got real pants, so it means it's a special night. Um, but like, so most of the time, I put on running clothes in the morning, I go run, I shower, I put on more running clothes, and I, I do my day with Kai Alpha, because like, it's comfy, y'all. And then I like leave for a few hours, I go coach kids in how to run, <laughs> you know, and then, and then like, maybe back to Kyle, and then I do it all again the next day. I like, I really like running. So these verses tonight, these passions collide, not chocolate, because I don't, I don't know that Jesus said anything about chocolate, but running and scripture collide, two passions collide, right? And so I'm really pumped about it. I'm really pumped when I get to talk about multiple things I'm passionate about. So our key verse is this, it's just two verses. It's Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So there's so much that the Lord would have us understand from these two verses. Um, and like you guys gotta know, this is also like one of my favorite verses in scripture. I love it so much that like, I wrote a song about it and talk about it a lot. Um, so, you know, as we're talking about this, there's two main things we need to notice, two encouragements that are given here. The first one is throw off everything that in him that hinders us. Throw off everything that hinders us. Don't throw a muffin. Right? But throw off everything that hinders us and then run with perseverance. So let's talk about those for a few minutes. The first one, it says to throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. And so like I said, I like to run. Honestly, I ran before I had kids and I liked it pretty well. But then after having kids, it's kind of become just this time for me is, I call it like white space time, because it's like, I'm going, I don't sit very well, so I do really good while moving. I'm going, but then it's like, nothing's demanding my attention, nothing's like pulling for me, I don't usually take my phone, so it's like, just this really peaceful time for me. Um, but so when I first started training for my first half marathon, our third daughter was like, maybe a year old, and I quickly found out that like, if you're training for a half marathon, one thing you cannot do is like have all the stuff. Like you can't have all the gear. And y'all, there's like a lot of gear and a lot of things. You might think like, oh, that would be nice to take on a run. And oh, that would be nice. But like pretty soon you're way down because you got like a phone in a pocket and you're trying to like have a water bottle strapped to your hand. You gotta have your keys so you don't lock yourself out of your car when you come back. And like at some point, if you get all the gear, you're running and you look like that kid in like the Christmas story that's got on like too much, too much stuff and he's just like waddling down the road, right? Like you can't have too much stuff or it hinders you. And so I think that makes this principle really come, come home to me that it's like in the same way spiritually, we don't want to have like all of these things that we're carrying around and hindering us. And it says, um, you know, the, like, so one of, there's things that hinder and there's sins, right? The things that hinder, y'all, that could be 
It could be like good things, just not God. It could be distractions. Like sometimes we get distracted, um, you know, by like a relationship or a goal. But it's maybe not what God has for us. And we like take that on. And pretty soon, instead of like running in the direction of King Jesus, we're like, oh, well, okay. You know, I don't know if you guys are, are ADHD. I am a little bit. And so like really in conversation, I'll be like, straight to the point in the squirrel, you know, like, but, but we're like that sometimes spiritually, that it's like, we'll be going after Jesus, and then one thing pops up, be like drama, or sometimes it's even a good relationship, right, like ladies, I'm a lady, so I preach to ladies, like sometimes some fella comes by, and you're like, hmm, you know, but then it's like we get too distracted, we're like, oh, forgot about King Jesus, gotta follow him, right, so we don't want to let those distractions weigh us down, and keep us from following Jesus. You know, and then when it talks about the sin that so easily entangles, connecting this to my running world. You guys, it makes me think of the little dogs. Like the little ones on the leashes. Because I run on the green line, and you guys, there are so many dogs on so many leashes that want to run through your feet and like tangle you up. And make sure that, like, the next step you take, you're just going to, yeah, y'all, the little dogs. They're no joke. Um, anybody have a little dog? I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I'm a big, our dog's like a big, goofy, like, love of, anyway, I like, I like the big dogs. The little dogs, though, they run through your feet, and they, they tangle you up, and then you, like, can't keep going right. And I think, so there's some little dogs that are great, but the little dogs that tangle you up are really good illustration of, like, when we have sin in our life. Because we'll be trying to go in the direction of Jesus, in the direction he's calling us to. And we just end up like getting tripped up and basically like falling on our face spiritually. We're like, I can't get there because I'm tangled up. And I can't have any forward motion. You know? And when I think of like another distraction, I was praying about this earlier. It's really like, y'all, the profound things that happen when I'm driving down the road. And having a conversation with my kid, like the way the Lord speaks to me. Me and my middle child were talking about, you know, someday when she graduates, she wants to go backpack Europe. And I was like, take me. And she goes, well, you can't get injured. Because I, I don't know, you guys, like, this is a whole, like, dream kid, dream parent thing, okay? Our kids are, like, really cautious. And I don't know why. It might be that we're not. Um, so in her head, she's like, you cannot get injured because I do want to take a trip with you. But if you get injured, you won't be able to backpack go. But then it made me think about this principle that it's like, that's another hindrance. Sometimes it's like, so not physical injuries, but we have like heart injuries. We have, we have hurts and we hold on to them and they distract us the same as, as a good thing or the same as a sin. They distract us from falling after Jesus because we get so focused on that injury that we don't keep going towards the goal, which is, is to fix our eyes on Jesus and know him. And so those are the ways that like we can kind of be hindered in falling out after him. So it says, don't be hindered. Don't be tangled up, right? But instead, let us run with perseverance. And like, this is another thing that totally started to make sense to me when I started running. Um, I like to run distance. I'm not fast. So when I talk about running, like don't picture some like girl out there in spandex like out in front of the St. Jude Marathon. I'm like, go be way back. 
okay, I'm not fast, but I do know about like building up endurance and perseverance. Do you know how you build perseverance as a runner? You go run. And then you run. And then you run. And then Right? We build perseverance by doing the thing and, and keeping after it. So it takes work. It takes work. And so in our spiritual lives, we also need to build up perseverance. Yeah. Right? Like it's like, I love the Word of God. You guys, the first time I opened the Bible, I didn't sit there and read it for 30 minutes. I didn't sit there and read it for an hour. I opened it up, I was like, this is weird and confusing. And then I probably shut it again if I'm being super real. Like, it took me a little bit of, like, sitting there with the Bible, figuring out the order of things, because, like, it's different than a normal book where you just always start at the first cover, and you can, but, like, there's also other things, you know, you can go to, like, different books and chapters and stuff. And so, like, it took a little bit of time to figure out, like, what this Bible is and how to read it, okay? Same with prayer. I don't know about you guys, but the first time I prayed, I didn't like sit down and, and say, Lord, I'm going to spend some time with you. And then like an hour later, I was done. You know, like I sat there and I prayed and I was like, God, please bless my day and help me to love you. Amen. My youth pastor said to pray for five minutes. It's been 45 seconds. You know, like, like it took, it took some, you're laughing, I'm for real, like, like the first few times I tried to pray, I was like, I have no idea how to do this, right? So I learned like, the Lord's Prayer, and I like recited it, and then I was like, bless my mom, bless my dad, you know, like, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't come from, like, a Christian household, so it took some time and some practice. And like pushing myself to like try it a little bit more and try it out a little bit more. So now I love to pray, but like, you know, when I first became a Christian, when I was 15 years old and started following the Lord, people were like, Do you love to pray? They're like, No, it's weird and boring. <laughs> right? And then like I quickly learned you're supposed to say something more spiritual than that. But I was just honest because I was super lost before I didn't grow up in church. So I didn't know. I tend to just still be super honest because I kind of just. That's how it went. But, but you know, like, we have to build up that spiritual endurance. As we're following Jesus, we have to work on these things and continue to try and continue to ask him to help us as we try, you know, and then we grow. So then here's the crux of the passage. Here's the central point. It says, looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus. All right, this is how we lay aside the hindrances and sins. This is how we gain perseverance. We do it by looking at Jesus, who it says is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. It's all in who we're looking at. Right? It's all in who we're looking at. Um, so in the Greek, the word for looking, I won't try to pronounce it because I don't know how. The word for looking means looking away from all else to fix one's gaze of one. So there's this idea of like, we're not just looking at Jesus, it's like literally turning our focus from everything else to look at him. 
and intentionally focusing on that one thing. That's what it means when it says looking. So we're going to look to Jesus. So there's this theologian, just like Bible scholar guy, if you don't know that word, um, called Richard Phillips, and he calls this verse all-purpose advice for the Christian life. He says, this is the secret of the Christian life, the encouragement we need for our faith, to place our eyes not on the world with its enticements and threats, not even on ourselves with our petty successes and many failures, but on him who is the source and foundation of all our spiritual vigor. This encouragement, looking to Jesus, is vitally important in such a difficult race as ours. Those who fix their gaze on the world and the things of the world will be conformed to its pattern. But in a still more powerful and reliable way, those whose gaze is fixed on Jesus will find themselves changed into his pattern. Not merely because of the working of our own hearts, but because of his active and transforming work by the Holy Spirit. So he's saying that, like, basically to break this down, okay, we become like what we look at. We become like what we focus on. So you guys, where we're looking matters. Right? And, and it's really, like I said, I quickly learned you're supposed to say the spiritual thing. So it's like all of us, I think, even in our own hearts, like you're here on a Wednesday night at 8 o'clock or whatever time it is because Jackie's talk a lot. Um, and like you're here. So obviously like you have a desire to know the Lord or your friend dragged you here and you're a good friend and came with him. Right? But it's like nobody's here and doesn't care. But then sometimes we also were like, okay, well, like, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking at Jesus, but I'm also looking at, like, the people in my class because, like, I want to, I want to major in something where I can, like, be a success and I want to be a good student. And I'm looking at that, that influencer on whatever your social media is, pick your poison, right? And, and I'm wanting to dress like them and act like them and be a success like them or be productive like them. I don't even know what that word means anymore. But like, you know, it's like you're looking at so many things or we're looking at like, I'll preach to myself, that runner. We're like, oh, I want to be fast like her. I want to do like X many num number of marathons like her. Like, like it's like we're looking at Jesus, but we're looking at all these things and truly, the thing you focus on the most is what you become. The thing you're looking at, you're spending your time focusing on, okay, not only will it become what you talk about. Like I said, I like the Bible. I talk about the Bible. I like to run. I talk about running. Those two things are really obvious tonight. I also like chocolate. Somehow managed to talk about it, right? But, like, if, if we're focused on it, if you want to know what like you're focused on, what you're looking at, and what you're spending your life like passionate about, like listen to what you say because it comes out, right? But like it really matters because whatever we're focusing on and fixating on, that's what we're going to become. That's the person we're going to become. That's what we're going to follow after. So the Bible says us to fix our eyes on Jesus, to focus on Jesus, and chase after Jesus. It's because God knows, and it's why he commands, if we look at Jesus, we'll become more like him. We'll become people that are, are looking like the people look in God's kingdom, right? So, 
What we focus on determines the directions of our, our lives. Same as like, you guys, when you um, when you run, right? Has anybody sprinted? Anybody done sprints? I coach sprints. I can't run sprints, right? So when you're sprinting, where do you look? At the finish line, right? Like you are, you are locked in. What happens if you if you look at the person next to you? You slow down, right? Like you slow down. Hopefully you don't swerve and like trip anybody and like break some angles. But like, you know, like it, it matters where you focus. And so the same for us, it matters. So that in this, it says Jesus is the author and finisher. Or like in the NIV, it says pioneer and perfecter. So the word here for author, it means the first in a long procession. So like the, fir- the forerunner or the pioneer. Um, so Jesus for us, he's both the invitation to faith and the example that we focus our faith on. Um, so what does it mean that Jesus authored our faith? What does it mean that Jesus authored our faith? It, quite literally, Jesus is the way that we have faith, right? Because, like, he came to this earth fully God as a man and lived among us and lived this sinless life, right? He worked miracles. He, he raised the dead, which, like, y'all, like, that's, that's God in flesh stuff, right? He did this, and then he didn't ever sin, but he still, like, submitted to death on a cross. And he did that so that you and I could be free of our sins and be made right with God. Because he, he didn't need to be free of sins. He was already sinless. He did it so we could be made right with God. Right? And three days later, he rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven. And the Bible says now he's seated next to God and he's interceding for us. It means like, when we talk about having faith as a Christian, like Jesus authored it, he wrote the story, he lived the story, and he carried it all the way to, through, that's the finisher part, to completion. And I really like it, um, and it makes me think about what Natalie said last week, because she talked about bringing people to Jesus and bringing them all the way to Jesus. And the same that like we would be a friend that brings somebody all the way to Jesus, Jesus has been that example that he's made a way for us not just to like get saved and feel God once, but to live this life all the way to completion when we see God face to face in eternity. Like he's going to carry us all the way through. And so um, like when I think about it, this him carrying us all the way through, I really think of this. So it, it calls him like the work of being forerunner, right? And it makes me think of my son, because my son also runs. He's much better. He's like becoming like super great runner. He's really putting time into it. We're really proud of him. But like, so Thomas has this really deep philosophy. You guys, get ready for it. Super deep philosophy when he races, and it's this: he finds somebody every season just a little bit faster than him, and then he locks up his eyes on him and he chases him down. And if he gets that one before the end of the season, he picks a new one. And that's super, super difficult. No. But it's like, it's a really good strategy. He finds that guy that's just a little bit ahead of him, and he's like, I'm going to chase him down. If I get tired, I'm not going to lose him. And at the end, I'm going to try and pass him. 
right? And I think that's such a really good picture of how it should be with us and Jesus is that all through our life we live and we're looking to Jesus. And in a situation we're like, Jesus, what would you do here? You know, when we're faced with a distraction, we're like, Jesus, should I focus on that? Or should I not walk in that direction? You know, and, and like we have scripture, we can read about how Jesus lives, and we can, from that, have a pretty good idea of the things that he would be like, yeah, walk that way. And the things he would be like, nah, don't waste your time on that. You know? And I don't really picture him as one that's like, don't do that. But I really do, I do picture it like sometimes Jesus would be like, don't waste your time on that. Like, if we read about his life, this is a really, really good idea. So as believers, as followers of Christ, we're to live this life of faith, looking to Jesus. And we can see this elsewhere in the Bible. So I'll like hit this really quick and we'll pray. Um, but in the Sermon on the Mount, it also, Jesus talks about this idea, which also, we're studying Sermon on the Mount this year in life groups. So this is like just the perfect plug. If you're not already connected to a life group, you should totally try one out. And then you could like learn what Jesus said and it'll help you like live like Jesus lived. Just a good plug. Um, shameless. The life groups are really where it's at. Okay, so in Matthew 6, 21, Jesus says this. He says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right? So we talked about like you become what you're looking at. You become like what you're looking at. Jesus says, like, whatever you treasure, right, that's what your heart's going to be after. That's what your whole life is going to follow after. We, ch we chase what we want most. We glorify whatever satisfied us. That's the way John Piper says it. We talk about what we're passionate about. So we focus on what matters to us. And Jesus puts before us two locations that reveal what our heart is focused on. One is heaven. And one is earth. If your treasure is in heaven, then your heart is to do what pleases God and to become more like God. If your treasure is on earth, you'll do the things of the earth to gratify your own flesh and satisfy your own desires. But like, again, like so sometimes you can, what do I, what do I talk about, right? It's like, what do I spend my time doing? Or like, here's like the hardest one, what do I spend my money on? You want to know what you're passionate about? Like, open up your banking app and see what you spend your money on. Um, again, chocolate. <laughs> Jesus, but also chocolate, right? Like, I mean, but it's like, sometimes we don't even, we think really highly of our priorities when we, like, take a real inventory of them. They're a little bit different. And so Jesus goes on, I have to admit that these few verses, I didn't understand them at first. Um, but this is right after he says, wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. He says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So Jesus, in this verse, he moves from the eye to the whole body. And he focuses on the eye and he says, like, whatever the eye is focused on determines whether the whole body is full of light and darkness and where the body is going to go. Right? Same as we talked about. Like, when you run, you look at the finish line. Right? And so whatever eye is focused on 
It determines like whether our whole life is, is light or darkness. Um, so what Jesus is talking about here is like our spiritual eyes, discernment and the ability to see what the Spirit shows us. Um, and so the idea here is that the eye would be single, right? It wouldn't be double. Like, I don't know if any of you guys have, like, double vision or astigmatism. I have astigmatism. It's really fun. So I have contacts in, but a lot of times I wear glasses. At night, if I get up in the middle of the night to, like, say, use the bathroom, I don't have contacts or glasses. And I can't tell you guys how many times with that double vision I've walked straight into the wall and not actually through the doorway, right? We don't want double vision in regular life, we also don't want double vision in spiritual life. We want to have a single focus. And so when it says your eye is good, it really means your eye is single. That's like what this, this verse is saying. Um, so eyes being good, it's a picture of pure devotion. Like when you've narrowed all of your passions and desires down to one. Right? And, and all of this is like, the one desire, the one focus we should have is Jesus. Is Jesus. So we don't, it's not Jesus and, which is really, you guys, how we like to live our lives. We like that double vision where it's like, my focus is Jesus and maybe this, or Jesus and a little of that, right? But scripturally, when it talks about having good vision, it has, talks about like, Fixing our eyes on Jesus is talking about a single focus where our passion is narrowed down to one. Right? There's no more Jesus and. It's just Jesus. And our heart is for him and him alone. So here's like our final thought. A.W. Tozer, in his book, Pursuit of God, which you've not, if you've not read it, y'all a good one to read. He has some, some thoughts about this. Um, but he says, faith, so defining faith, faith is the gaze of the soul upon a saving God. Faith is not a once-done act, but a continuous gaze of the heart at the triune God. So he's saying that, like, to have faith isn't just, like, to have, like, a temporal, like, one moment, you know, I believe, and now I'm going to make an A on the test. Right? We always use that example, but we've all prayed that prayer. Before a test, right? We've all been like, she's decided to even study, but please help me somehow miraculously pass this, right? Like, that's, that's temporary faith. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about Christian faith. And the way Tozer defines it is really good. He's saying faith is the continuous gaze of the soul at God. So continuously looking not to my own self and my own ability and my own thoughts about what's good and right and pure and what should be important, but looking at God. And as I look at him, just doing what he does. That's Christian faith. Um, so I think, you know, he explains it that way, and it's like, it's almost too simple, right? It's not about you guys, but like, I can look at something. Like, I can, can look at Dion, can look at Shelby, right? You don't have to be a super saint to do it. You just have to, to pray that the Lord will help us to focus. Anybody can do this. So my challenge in all of this, all of what we said, is that we would each seek to focus our lives on Jesus. That you and I, we would live our lives with our eyes fixed on Jesus. 
So this evening, I really encourage you guys to take a few minutes, and we're going to pray. I'm going to be kind of like some directions and pray. Um, but take a few minutes to think about how is Jesus challenging you through this scripture passage? How is Jesus challenging you about fixing your eyes on him? And so there's a few questions, and they'll be up here too, so you don't have to remember them because it's late and like remembering things is hard. Um, so the first question is this. Are there some sins that you need to forsake? Like it talked about not being entangled, right? We want to be entangled. There's some sins you need to forsake. Or some hindrances you need to throw off. Some distractions you need to lay aside. Maybe that hits home for you. The second one is, are there some areas you need to build up perseverance? Do you maybe need to like commit? I'm going to work to pursue God in this way. The third one is, do you need to ask Jesus to captivate your heart and help you to focus all of your attention and affection on him? So it's the, the idea of the single and undivided focus. And then the last one is maybe you just don't have a relationship with him and you would like to make him your Lord and Savior today. Right? So those are the four things we're going to pray about. We're going to pray about the last one first. And then I'm going to play a song and just give you guys some time to like process. Um, so if you guys real quick would, would bow your heads and, and close your eyes. Lord Jesus, we just invite you. God, would you have your way? God, would you help us to respond to your message, Lord God? God, have your way in our hearts and lives tonight. And so you guys with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Is there anybody here that's saying, you know, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I would like to, to trust on him and make him my Lord and Savior today. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand? Nobody's looking around. I see those who else. Lord, you see those that have responded to you tonight. And so I just encourage you if, you, if you raise your hand, just pray this prayer in your heart along with me. Lord Jesus, I know that you lived a perfect life and that you died for my sake so that I could be made right with God. That you forgive my sins and you enable me to have a relationship with God. And I trust you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Guys, let the kingdom gain, gain some new people today. So now, uh, with these, like, these other questions, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go play a song and just give you guys time to think about it. And then like staff, if you guys would be down here, and if anybody like wants prayer, like you're like, hey, I would like prayer that God would help me to like work on this distraction or help me to like build endurance in this way or, or be focused, you know, like they'll be down here and can pray with you. But really my heart for this time as I was praying about it is that we would like before we respond, just take a few moments to like really think deeply about it. Because sometimes we're like quick to run out, you know, and I think just to sit with it for just a second, so I'll play a song because that just creates a space for us to do that. Amen. You know?